sports listeners, I'm your host, Erica Saldo, the queen of team. Please tune in every single Tuesday. This whole hour of Santa Barbara Teen Athletes. Woo! Woo! And we're talking all athletes. Another Tuesday on Teen Sports Radio. This is Erica Saldo, your host. If you're just tuning in and this is your first day, thank you so much. We hope we... Uh, I'm going to make you smile today. Been around for over a decade. We even love you more. Um, If this is your first, please go on Facebook and hit that like button. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, We've got a great show today uh, in the house. Ed Langlo, Christine Marie, of course, our producer, Richard Dugan. We've got college coaching today with Lori Cortez. And Mountain Stage Healing with Richard Ellsworth. Um, we've got a lot. I don't even know where to start. I got, I've got so much to say. First thing I want to do is let's do our little gratitude circle. Cause I've always liked to do that. And my shout this week is going to be to Vin at Galita Sushi. Uh, we don't go out very much, but it's nice. Uh, since I haven't been there probably six, seven months and it was, it's so hard to, you know, go to somebody that you've known for 20 plus years. And, you know, you don't really know how to react. Everybody, she, she, she's just doing the takeout right now, but I had a bunch of people and it was last minute thing. And man, I don't know, I was just, I was thinking about her. I just got this strong hit. So I called her up. We had a great moment. And I ordered, the, you're not going to believe this. We, I ordered the Dr. Dugan roll. <laughs> Dr. Dugan. And uh, she remembered what it was and it was awesome. So she took such good care of us. So if anybody... Uh, she pretty much had to lay off most of her staff, but she says she's doing okay. Um, and she's going to pull through this. But if anybody's thinking sushi, think Galita Sushi. Think Vince. And uh, I don't know, mention Teen Sports Radio. No promises, but everybody that says that they do mention Teen Sports Radio, she, uh, I don't know, I may get, maybe get an extra role or something. I don't know. I can't, may, no promises. But uh, she's a pretty fantastic lady. Would you say that, Richard? Do good. Dr. D. I'm sorry, ask me that question again. I said she's a pretty fabulous lady, Vin, Galita Sushi. Oh, absolutely. I, uh, I'm i still waiting for my uh, special plate. Uh, I'm looking to go in there very soon. Nice. All you got to do is call up and order, and uh, she'll take care of you. And uh, it's, it's easy to find the number, Galita Sushi. So, Ed, do you have any shouts you want to make? Yeah, my shout out today will go out to the group of Santa Barbara Hump, uh, High School alumni that uh, helped me put this next segment together. It would be Polly Lopez, Twyla Christensen, and Rutledge Putty Mills. Looking so forward to it. Big shout out to that group. Nice. Christine Marie, what do you got to say? Oh, let's see. I have got to give a shout out again, again to the Galita Coffee Company because I just. They're so friendly and kind in there and I can call ahead and they'll have my coffee ready. And they have amazing, uh, for those of you who can't eat gluten or dairy and, and have, are on low sugar, they've got amazing treats there um, that, that feel good on the body to eat. And also, you know, so I just, I'm really grateful for them and they're always so friendly. Yeah, they're, they're, I do. I, well, there's a stone's throw from where we live. So fantastic. We're global, Lori. 
Hi, everybody. Well, again, I just have to be uh, just so grateful to all the educators, the, the teachers, the administrators, everybody that's just hanging in there for the kids and pulling together with the kids and, and just trying to, you know, keep them educated, keep them moving along. And hopefully soon, you know, it, it seems like things are going to go back to a semi-normal soon. So we'll just uh, keep our prayers going and our fingers crossed for that. Nice. All right. Where's Richard Ellsworth? Is he in the house? Yeah. Can, can you not see me? Yeah. Well, no, it's okay. See you now. Who do you want Great. to give shouts to? Well, I have to give my, uh, my weekly promotional outreach shout out to the Braille Institute. And having just started there uh, in my, my first full week, everyone has just been so incredibly welcoming and, and kind and um, really just genuinely happy to be doing their job. And, and I can honestly say it doesn't feel like a job. So I really appreciate them making it such a smooth start for me. Yeah, the gift that you bring to the table, Richard, give a little bit of your background. I mean, you are a chef graduating from one of the best schools in the country. Outside of that, you were actually raised with two siblings um, that, that were um, sighted, or, uh, that couldn't see, correct? Correct. Yeah. Um, both my brother and my sister were, were blind from birth and um, I really learned a lot from them. So, so starting this job, a lot of the, the things that people have had to learn over time are, are very natural to me, which is, which is really, really um, great because it, it, makes it, it makes it easy and it makes me feel like I'm doing a job that's just all about being myself, um, which nice. is really, really fantastic. And um, you know, I've been, I've been working on learning my, my Braille with, with Dominique and I've been, I've been just learning so much and, and being able to, to contribute so much. And it, it's really great to, to, to feel wanted. <laughs> so you do, you're doing programs over there for Braille, correct? Is that what you're doing? You're creating programs and you're focusing, is it focusing on the culinary or more about your continuing education and in integrating medicine? So my goal is, is really to create classes that, that bring both of them together. Um, right now, as, as an independent living skills instructor, I, I have to focus on the types of things that people are doing around the house. So marking and labeling things, knowing where things are, um, organization, that sort of thing. But at, at the same time, um, there's also a cooking component and really being able to teach people how to orient themselves in a, in a kitchen environment and how to cook easily and safely uh, but i really want to bring in a, a healthy component of that that, that I, I feel is is kind of missing at the moment um so it, it's it'll be a really good opportunity for me to to bring in my background i love we have also another co-host angela miller bevan is also now our director over at the braille and the the nice thing is that in the her uh vision is to integrate a lot more and they, they have been doing learning but more on on focusing on what your skill sets are because sometimes people lose their sight later in life and say for example because of diabetes and diet is huge i mean diet is it's it's a super huge thing especially maybe even if you're on the borderline of diabetes is that right yeah absolutely and 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 this is this is the the biggest learning curve uh, for me because um, growing up with, with blind siblings, th these are individuals who, who already knew it all. So, so I'm, I'm working with people that have recently lost their vision. There's a certain amount of trauma associated with that and, and quite, quite a bit of, of adjustment to, to something new. Um, so it's, it's really interesting to, and with diabetics, I mean, they also are, lose sensitivity in their fingertips. And 
um, touch is is such an important sense when, when you've lost a lot of a lot of other components. So it, it's really about being being creative and 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 working with people and being able to to bring in new perspectives to to be able to help people to use what they have to to their their advantage ultimately. Nice. They, they call this life skills, right? Teaching yeah. life skills to our visually impaired population. Exactly. You're one of those educators that that uh, people are so thankful for. <laughs> Thank you. Aww. Yeah, she actually gave you a, a shout then today, right. Richard. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> Don Sanders is in the house. Who do you want to give some love to, Don? Well, I'm going to give some love to uh, stop by the uh, suggest stopping by the Lighthouse Coffee on Chapala and Ortega. My my daughter makes one of the best brevets I've ever had there, and and uh, next next door that Manaloa I think it's Manaloa Seafood, great great stuff. Nice. All right. Cool. Yeah, we I think they've been. I, I live in Ojai, not Santa Barbara, but I've worked a lot in Santa Barbara, and from what I understand, that seafood business has been in the community for a long time. <laughs> awesome. Nice. Dr. D, we're going to close out with you before we take a break. Who do you want to give a shout to? Well, I'll tell you. Um, I want to give a shout out to my parents who have been sequestered for at least a year now, but are, uh, they were still moving around, doing well, healthy. And for uh, what they have given me that I then have been able to pass on to others. So uh, I am thankful and I give a shout out to the legacy that they uh, are leaving, uh, though they haven't left yet. They haven't left yet. <laughs> so shout out to my parents, uh, Les and Sylvia, uh, for all that they have done uh, for, uh, for not only us, but the people that we have uh, contact connected with over the years. Yeah. Well, we thank your parents, too, because Richard Dugan, you're good people. Well, thank you. So without, without, without those two, you wouldn't be here. So we love you, or we wouldn't be here. So, so, uh, so trickle down. We're good, all trickle. That's right. Good people draw good people. Yeah, let's do that. So we've got a big show today. we got Lori Cortez right up after these messages. And this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Yes, in the house we have college coaching with Lori Cortez. Lori, how many years have you been doing this now? Hi, Erica. I think this is my 15th year. Yeah, yeah my 15th so year. I'm going to go, okay, it's been a, a couple of years so John, since John's been in eighth grade. Right. You know, the youngest. <laughs> The youngest student that Lori has ever started college coaching. Yes. Uh, yeah, there's some of them that just needed a little bit more time. That's how I look at it. Well, I, I think it's, it. it's great. I started with John in, at the end of eighth grade, but it, I already, I had the pleasure of knowing John because I had him, I was his third grade teacher. Yeah. And so, you know, I had the pleasure of knowing him before that, but um, it's nice because when you, when kids start early with the application process, 
uh, it's really, they use it kind of as a mentoring, you know, type thing. And, and it, it really helps to kind of, my, my theory is the more you know about the application process and how you can best eventually prepare your applications, the, the higher quality applications you're going to submit. So, yeah. You know, Laura, I don't want to put you on the spot, but, you know, this is probably going to seem like I'm putting you on the spot. Okay. <laughs> but um, just in light of everything that's going on with the whole public school system is closing down. I mean, in, in Texas, they're opening back up on the 10th and there'll be no masks, no nothing. Everything's open. And there's been 15 states that actually been open. But if you are in the state that has shut down, the problem that I have with the whole thing is the private schools have never closed down. OK, and my and our kids you know, went to private school, so not as impacted. And you're an educator and you know the importance of being um, with your students and, you know, carrying that energy. There's so much to in face to face learning and teaching, whether you're one on 30 or one on one. So you've been doing this a while now, over a year, and I know your practice has been on Zoom and, you know, you've been, you were the forefront way before anybody even heard of Zoom, you were doing it. Right. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie, even when um, you were working with the Chinese, um, in, international students, Chinese, and I mean, kids from all over Italy, all over the world, because Dominic and I have always taken international students. And when you were doing and integrating your practice in this, I'm like, oh, I didn't know if it was going to click. Kids loved it. So I was wrong. Okay. Kids loved <laughs> it. They're all happy. Um, but don't you think that the over this last year, as far as the learnings go, don't you think that um, the public schools just, and I'm not talking, you know, I, I'm we all love about, our teachers. we love our teachers. Oh my God. Okay. It's just that, don't you think, if you're looking at the kids, don't you think the kids have taken, taken a real hit. hit? Okay. And here's the public school system. And then you got the private school system, which hasn't taken the hit. Have, so, have you noticed that? Have you noticed that? You're working with? You know, I haven't noticed it as much because most of the kids that I'm working with are very um, self-motivated and they have the family support. And so they're, you know, they're, they're moving through, they're learning, they're, they're keeping going. I think that the population that it, that it hurts are the kids that don't have a lot of family support, maybe don't have, um, you know, parents on them. Okay, you've got school from, you know, you're going to be on Zoom from 8 to 12. You're not getting, you know, you're not getting up. You're not taking a break. Sit there and do what you need to do. You're going to do your homework, you know, in the, in the afternoon. So I think it's the kids that don't have access to great technology. Perhaps maybe their Zoom kind of, you know, the Zoom goes in and out. I think that COVID is is going to impact those kids and, and my heart goes out to them. I don't think it's anybody's fault. I think that the teachers are working as hard as they can to engage the kids. And I think that... Um, I just think that when this all comes comes out, you know, in the in the long run and we see kind of the long term results, I think it is going to be the, the kids that don't maybe have as much self-motivation, don't have parental support as much and don't have great access to technology are the ones that are going to suffer the most. So, yeah. So our at risk kids, yep. lower income at risk kids. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But what specifically are you recommending for kids where you see that they have been impacted by COVID? What are you recommending so that they can become more successful and still pursue a college setting? Well, when, where I see kids who are having difficulty, I'm always encouraging 
you know, communication with the teachers, because that's the main complaint with the kids is they feel like they don't know their teachers. These are high school kids I'm talking about. And so, you know, they see their teachers maybe one period a day. And so, but the teachers are offering, you know, they they offer um, Zoom office hours and things like that. But it's hard for teenagers to initiate that type of, of, um, learning environment and, and communication. And so I'm encouraging them to do that because I think the bet, the more they get to know the teachers, the more the teachers will understand that these are students that really want to do well. And they're going to go the extra mile to help these kids that really want to do well. And the other advantage, especially for juniors, of really um, getting to know their teachers this, this year in particular is because they're going to be requesting letters of recommendation for college from these teachers. And so if the te- if there's not a good rapport there, the teachers aren't going to be able to write as strong of letters as they can if they know the student better. Teachers, you know, I'm a former teacher and I know, I remember, you know, teachers really appreciate when students do take the initiative, you know, to to say, hey, I don't understand this concept. Can you take some time to explain it to me? Or, hey, you know, I'm really trying to improve my grade in here. How can I do this? And it's, again, teenagers being teenagers, it's hard for them to initiate that type of communication, but it's very, very important. Do you think that once everything is over, however long it takes, it's not the question of you know, if, it's when, because we will get back to a new normal. Do you think that the new normal is going to uh, have a component of online learning in high school like we've never seen before? Right. Well, I have some students. I'm working with some students in Washington State that are back in person on kind of a hybrid schedule right now. And so they they go, I think it's two days or yeah, I think it's two days in person and then and then they have two days online and then the other cohort is in person and then, you know, they switch out so that um, there aren't as many people on campus as, as there normally are. So I think it's going to be some com- combination of that. I also like in Minnesota, I have a couple of students that they go four days a week and then they have I think it's Wednesdays. They're, they're straight online. So I think it just depends on how the the school district wants to incorporate the online learning. But I think it is going to be a part of us going forward. Yes. And you've always encouraged and my boys took advantage of this through your coaching is many of the high school students. I I don't know what percentage, maybe you can tell me what this percentage is, are also taking college courses because sometimes, especially, you know, one, there was this one strange year at Bishop Diego high school where, they needed a class and they didn't offer it or something. So they took it in college or yeah. whatever, or you want maybe a jump start because it's some kids, it's just, you know, too slow for them and they wanted to right. talk about that. Yeah, that's really, really important. And, and that has been offered. I mean, since our kids were in high school, like online right. courses for, um, you know, for college, which I think is, is wonderful. It's a good option. Universities, admissions, they, they value when students step out of their comfort zone and take higher level classes at the city college level. It's, it's weighted um, with as much rigor as AP courses are. So it's great to, you know, to take advantage of that and take, take classes maybe in a class that you're interested in possibly majoring in, you know, if you've never, if you think you want to major in psychology and you've never taken a psychology course, it'll look a lot better on your application if it shows that you've taken something that, you know, where where you can kind of back up your interest levels. So some people also augment it with, you know, that they're taking a lot of courses and they don't have room to take maybe, uh, you know, a fourth year science, or they don't have room to take a, a third or fourth year of foreign language. So, 
that's a great option, you know, to, to, to be able to squeeze that into your schedule as well. But yeah, no, that's an excellent idea. I think the relationship, like you said, to get to know your teachers is it's a different kind of component. Now we have our student athletes and their programs have been so impacted. You have to you have to market yourself differently. Right. Exactly. You have to, you have yeah. to really like lean on your coaches to help you. Exactly. Don't know. I mean, because character is going to play a big part mm-hmm. in these kids getting um, a place. And then you're competing against kids that are redshirting that year because they didn't right. have any sports. So now it's almost like a year backlog behind. And I actually think that's really good because a boy's body and having two sons, it's not the same body from 18 to 21. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. their man up. body doesn't get into like 24, 25. Yeah, they so grow up extra right. year, I just think for growth and everything, I think we're going to be looking at sports completely different as well. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's an unsure time, a fresh, um, very um, uncertain time for student athletes, student, all, stu- all students, but especially student athletes, because they don't know how many spots are going to be available. Just like you said, because of COVID, everything was shut down. So everybody now has an extra year of eligibility. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see. So how this, this month being March, I mean, kids are finding out things or, yeah. or they're putting it up. What, what's going on? Yeah, so this is March. Most universities in the past, all universities have told students if they're accepted or not by March, by the end of March. This year, because of COVID, there have been so many more applications to highly selective schools. Many universities have extended their deadline when they can tell students into April. So um, I think most people will still know by the end of March, but it may be the first, first week of April that they're still hearing back as well. So would you say because of COVID, you have a, a if you had a, a okay chance of getting into Harvard, is COVID helping your Harvard chances or making it worse? You say making it worse, right? Because there's more, more people. Apart. There are well, there a lot more people thought that they would submit applications to highly selective schools. Number one, because most of the highly selective schools were waiving the SAT scores or ACT scores. So that's the main reason for the uptick in in applications this year. And so that being said, the the admissions offices are inundated. And so they need more time to review all of these applications. That being said, the acceptance rate will probably fall. It'll probably, I mean, Harvard, I think in the past was maybe 5% acceptance Mm -hmm. rate. It'll, it'll fall. I'm sure maybe four or, or, you know, 3%, who knows, but yeah. So. But the community service, everything, all the components of getting into college and schools, even though we're having this bump hiccup with COVID, it's still all the same. Take all your classes. Yep. Don't drop any classes. Right. Take all the tests, SATs, yes. take all the exams, community service. Everything has not changed from the game plan. No, that and, and it's really just six criteria. So it's taking, it's earning top grades, taking rigorous classes in areas of your strength, taking the tests. Because even if they're optional, if you score well, it will strengthen your application. Taking, you know, building your resume, writing strong essays, getting strong letters of recommendation. So, those, you know, those are the criteria that are um, that the admin, admissions are office is looking at. Are you still taking students, Lori? And if you are, give the contact information. Yes, I'm, I am still taking students. My email address is collegecoaching, the number one, at gmail.com. And uh, my website is collegecoachingservices.com. We love you, Lori. See you next month. Okay, it's great to see everybody. Take care, everybody.
Bye. Bye-bye. Let's take a little break. This is Erica Salda, the Queen of Team. We'll be back with more after these messages. Well, now together we will stand every boy, girl, woman, and a man. Our teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday, 9 a.m. Okay, well, there's a couple of topics that I want to go over, but so we kind of went over with Lori, which is always awesome. So we'll just wait for the one thing that I wanted to talk about next week. Uh, but we'll 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 go. We're gonna zing because this is not, not exactly what I wanted to talk about. But I did get a phone call and I got a couple of emails. Uh, my practice is heavy weighted for older people and the, the topic of the vaccine shot, what a medical device, whatever you want to call it comes up. So this is not what I want to address here. This is not for somebody who has not already made up their mind. So if you've made up your mind and you're scheduled to get in the, um, the, the um, vaccination, great, go for it. If you're adamant, you're not going to get it, great. Uh, we're not trying to change anybody's mind here. We're trying to give information because we're a community hour. But there are people that are on the fence and they want for medical to, reasons. For medical reasons, they want to sit back, they want to wait, and that's fine. Everybody's decision should be individual and with, nobody, their with their doctor. Nobody should be jumping on anybody. But. I love giving information and I have given some information that we have. We're very blessed to have Richard of Mountain Sage Healing with us. And Richard forwarded me some information and I just forwarded ahead just because it's information. It's out there. And the person was just extremely re- uh, receptive and thankful. And I just got another email back from a, a good another client of mine, Scott, and he was very thankful. So let's share this information because. What's really nice is for people that don't know where to look, don't know how to find the data, and then quantify all that data, and then having somebody who's so gifted to uh, have Richard have Richard condense it in in a maybe kind of like the ABCs of what to do. Um, Richard, thank you so much. It was a great email, and I know you're going to try. We're going to try to get that up on our Facebook page for Teen Sports Radio and your personal page, but. Um, if you can uh, boil this down for us, that would be great for those people that are in the. I don't know. I don't know. So what what do you say? Okay, well let's let's just start by talking about what a vaccine is and and what it came from. So vaccine comes from the word vaca, which which means cow in Latin, and it was discovered during a smallpox epidemic, and it was noted that dairy farmers were not getting smallpox. So the scientists came up with a hypothesis and realized that people who were infected with cowpox were not getting smallpox. So he did an experiment and he, you know, took a, a um, took a sample of some pus from from a lesion that was in a cow that had cowpox, and he inoculated the small boy and um, then exposed him to to smallpox, and he didn't get it. Um, 
And that was the earliest form of vaccination. And it saved a huge amount of lives. And, and thank God for, for vaccination. Let's, let's just start there. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is that over time, as a Western society, our, our objective has always been to make things better. And sometimes in our efforts to make things better, we actually can end up making things worse. And the problem is, is that as wonderful as vaccination can be, we've added a lot of stuff to these vaccines that have been proven to have harmful side effects for some people, not for everybody, but for some people. And these are specifically people that have compromised immune systems. So people with, let's say, rheumatoid arthritis even is a really common one. People with osteoporosis, um, you can go on and on. Um, with, with immune conditions, and, and, and this is a problem. So what I want to do is, is present here an, an alternative based on research to vaccination. Now, there have been several studies. I was able to identify six that I, that I was able to locate, um, all peer-reviewed, and I, I double-checked them. There are, there are no biases and no contraindications in any other articles. And what we were able to see here is that there is something called colostrum, which is derived from cow's milk, from the very first milking of the cow. And I've talked about colostrum a lot in the past, but colostrum has proven to be more effective than vaccine at preventing episodes of influenza. Now, this was not done on SARS-CoV-2, the current COVID-19 epidemic. However, it was tested on the H1N1 influenza. It was also tested on SARS-CoV-1. So, what they did is they, they put people into a whole bunch of different categories. And just to experiment, one of the groups was somewhat was a group of people that had taken colostrum with the vaccine. And another group took colostrum and had heart disease. And in all of these cases, the group that took colostrum, not the group that took colostrum and the vaccine, the group that took colostrum had significantly less incidences of influenza. So the conclusion in all of these studies is that colostrum is three times more effective than vaccine at preventing influenza. So for those of you who are concerned, here's an alternative that that you are more than welcome to try. Um, If you go on the Facebook page, Mountain Sage Healing Arts, I have all of the information and all of the original studies that are posted. Um, And you can go and find those and read them yourselves. And I also took the liberty of posting very short three to five sentence paragraphs that summarize all of those studies um, for for the people that don't want to go and, you know, read 16 pages of research. And by the end of the year, I will publish a a paper on this too. Awesome. That was awesome. Fantastic. Don, you you want something to add? You're, you kind of fall right into that uh, thinking. Uh, Yeah. Um, I, well, you know, so far my family's uh, homeopathically, uh, vaccinated with a doctor that's right down the street from us here. And um, I haven't decided yet whether I'm going to go the, the rest of the course, but uh, you know, if I'm going to go on with the, with that, uh, the, the currently available vaccine. Uh, and I just wanted to put in a nudge about movement, a quick mo- uh, movement nudge. Um, make sure that uh, if you're listening, you're moving, even even you young teen athletes, you know, um, not just at workout times or when you are, uh, you know, engaged in your sport, but other times, you know, we're, we're meant to move a lot. Walk 70% is what uh, 70% of the time is what humans do. Plus we, we fold and bend, you know, the ankles, the knees, the hips. And as we get more enculturated, like we go into the house of civilization, spinning, jumping, uh, leaping, dancing, and then we come out all walking and sitting in chairs and, you know, walking a certain way and sitting in chairs. So, 
get up, don't sit in the chairs too long. If you got to be studying on, you know, computer every 45 minutes or so, get up and do a little bit of movement around. Also, you know, the squat itself, really, really important. It aids in digestion and elimination. It's really, really good for your joints. Bad stuff happens if you never squat. If you never get down and play around below the level of where you sit on a chair, bad stuff. Nice. Good points. Good ads, Don. Christine, we got a minute. Do you have anything you want to add before we go to break? Um, I guess uh, one thing I would, and I, uh, I appreciate, Richard, that you mentioned um, rheumatoid arthritis because I've had some experience with that. And it's, um, and I am a little bit hesitant um, um, because of that. Uh, and I have been trying the colostrum, which has been pretty fantastic. So, um, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, but I, I tend to be healthy. And thank you, Don, for reminding me to move and get down there and squat and move around. I, I kind of forget that sometimes. So I really appreciate all of this information. That helps, too, with, you know, joint pain and whatnot, too, actually moving, even though it's counterintuitive. Part of me does not want to move sometimes if I'm feeling pain, but, um, but moving actually helps. So thank you guys for that. Yeah, nice. All right, let's take a break. This is Erica Salda, the Queen of Team. We'll be back with Ed Langlow after these messages. We are back, and this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in. Every single Tuesday, 9 a.m. Nice. Anna Coronado is in the house. I love it that she pops in after she takes her class. That's love right there. How are you doing, Anna? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be here. I know I love that you guys are super flexible and I can just jump in now with the Zoom now that I'm not in town, too. So nice. (laughs) You're a starfighter like me. Yeah, exactly. Zoom out. All right, we've got Ed Langlow. Ed, I'm looking forward to this. Is this a two-parter or one part? I'm going to do this in two parts. I got so much information from uh, this lady that uh, lives up the street from me. I had to break it up. I got into like seven, eight pages of information about Santa Barbara High. So uh, I'm going to do the first part today. It's going to be more based on the, the students at the school uh, the second part will be more on the the places and the companies that got involved with Santa Barbara High School during World War II. So nice. if only I'd if only I'd known as a mentor's moment with the teens with us remotely, as well as those listening into the show. And today's segment is Santa Barbara High during the war years. And the takeaway from this two part segment is to learn perseverance and to look at the bright side of any experience because it will be whatever you make it. We just lived through a bad year dealing with COVID, but before you complain too much, I'd like to tell you what it was like to be a Santa Barbara High School student during World War II through the eyes of the people who were. Only I'd known when I was young what the generation before me lived through. My sources for these next two segments are all old friends of mine, Doug Spence, Rutledge Putty Mills, Polly Lopez, and Twyla Christensen. A couple weeks back, my story was the comeback of 1940, featuring Doug Spence, who lived up the street from me. 
Doug's gone now, but his better half, Twyla Christensen, still lives there. So I suggested that she listen to teen sports on Tuesday, but she said, I don't have an AM radio. So Tuesday morning with my Bose radio tucked under my arm, I hiked up the hill and sat across the table from Twyla and we listened to the show. After the show, she said, you know, I have an old scrapbook that I put together in 1942 when I was a sophomore at Santa Barbara High. (laughs) Would you like to see it? I said, yeah, of course I would. So uh, this collection of hers was packed with articles from Santa Barbara News Press, uh, the school paper, The Forge, even restaurant menus from the 40s. So as I looked through that book, a 95-year-old alumnus of Santa Barbara High told me these stories. First, let's go back to where I left off with the comeback of 1940. I had said that Doug Spence had joined the Army after high school, but what I didn't mention is that he had been offered a sports scholarship to play football for SC. He obviously had to walk away from that scholarship to go in the service. But until the day he died, you would have thought he did go to SC. Uh, He could quote statistics and game scores right off the top of his head. He pretty much remained loyal to the Trojans for the rest of his days, uh, though he never was able to be one. Mm. So the Dons were surfing on a high wave of success. And he just won the 1940 CIF Southern California Championship. And times were good. But that wave was about to break. On Sunday morning, December 7th, 1941, Japan bombed Pearl Harbor. The next day, Franklin Delano Roosevelt plunged the United States into the war, joining forces with Britain, Russia, and France against the tripartite pact of Germany, Japan, and Italy. And things at Santa Barbara High very quickly began to change. Now, I believe that the impact and the, and the stress level from the war hit Santa Barbara High School harder than any other high school in the nation. And I say that because a few weeks later, on February 23rd, 1942, a 365-foot submarine surfaced off the coast of Goleta and started to shell Elwood oil fields. Just 11 weeks in, the war had come very close to home. Putty Mills had graduated in 1941 with Spence and had also volunteered for the Army Air Corps, but uh, would wind up overseas in Patton's Third Army. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about Putty in the next segment. Head football coach Clarence Schutte went into the Army, and line coach Clarence Bishop took his place. Ed Kerrigan would take his place as the new line coach. There was an article in the Forge urging students to collect scrap metal for manufacturing uh, in the war effort. And they mentioned keys. They would melt down unused keys for the brass. That's how desperate things were. The United States was not prepared to go to war. The Dons, however, continued to play football through all of this. In 1941, they won all but two games under Coach Schutte. Then in 42, under Coach Bishop, in the season opener against Beverly Hills, an article in the Santa Barbara News Press said, the first score of the game was run in by Cal Rossi. I believe Cal was the youngest of the Rossi brothers. There were 
either three or four Rossies and they all played football, but they all had a reputation for being pretty aggressive on the football field. The article declared, and I quote, Cal Rossi crashes over his own right guard on his way into a eight yard touchdown. <laughs> that was pretty aggressive. Uh, the Dons came out on top in that opening game, 26 to six. But Twyla Christensen remembers Cal as one of the most cordial guys she knew off the field. Cal Rossi was student body president in his senior year, but in December of 1942, while still in high school, he received his draft notice. Rossi stated in the paper, and I quote again, I'm beginning to realize now more than ever what an asset school is. In that same month, head coach Clarence Bishop was commissioned as lieutenant in the Navy, and the head counselor, Glenn Wallace, had joined the Red Cross. Then I called Polly Lopez because I knew his story, and I wanted to make sure that I included it in this segment. In April of 1943, just two months before graduating, Polly Lopez at 17 joined the Navy and never graduated from high school. He returned from the service and, and fulfilled a career working for the facilities department at UCSB. Then a couple of years ago, his daughter went to the high school and told them that story. And in June of 2018, Polly, at 92 years old, walked down the hill into Peabody Stadium and received a Santa Barbara High School diploma. So yeah. let's try. Yeah, that was it's pretty amazing to hear that story that he did that. He walked down with the, with the graduating class of 18 and they issued him a diploma. Beautiful story. So let's try to keep it positive and think about the good things that happened to us in this last year knowing that the 1940s were a little more challenging. Listen to, teen, listen to teen sports for the second half of Santa Barbara High during the war years when we'll talk more about the places and the businesses that affected the teens. I'm Ed Langlow. I'll see you next time on If Only I Had Known. Nice. Uh, Thank you. Attitude is everything, Ed. I love that piece. Let's take a little break, get Philip some coffee, be back with more after these messages. Well, now together we will stand every boy, girl, woman, and a man. Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday, 9 a.m. All right, Christine Marie is going to be going through and pulling a card. It's going to be about me right now. <laughs> okay, it's all about me. Oh, just... We're going to be doing a card together. And, and while I, uh, I want to take the fourth one. The fourth one in here? One. Oh, fourth one in. Three. Four. Okay. Oh, oh. 
The King of Cups. Wait, how do I do this? The King of Cups. That's beautiful. This card is about being the king of your own heart. It's really about mastering the emotional realms and really honoring ourselves and loving ourselves. And the more that we can do that and honor and protect and care for our own hearts, then we have the capacity to honor and care and protect for the the hearts of those around us. So it's really about love. It's about love. It's about love. And right now, I am loving my tomatoes because Dominique's putting <laughs> a dozen tomato plants and we're getting... We're foraging, and we're having a guy right now make us more big pots—not pots, but what is that? Uh, uh, more uh, raised beds. Raised, raised beds. beds. So, if you yeah. for for teens and athletes and all those, Anna, I expect you to be throwing in some herbs. You got to eat your <laughs> herbs when you're doing all of your hiking. Oh, definitely. Yeah, me and my roommates almost uh, were thinking of starting a garden in our little patio yard area. When I moved in, we kind of cleaned it up, put some turf in, re-bricked it, like all on our own, put some like concrete. So I think we might start a little garden as well. Maybe do some lettuce, tomatoes, probably. Excellent. We've got to support our farmers and we love our youth getting involved in it. And your parents are all about that. So you were you were brought up with it, but we've got to stick Getting being and connected with nature and the earth right now. We've got a minute, Dominique. What could we put in the ground right now? Everything. Well, uh, you know, go to either Ace or Miners. Go to your local hardwood store and take a look at what uh, GMO, so it's non-GMO varieties are out there. But they're already starting plants for you. It makes it super, super easy. I grabbed some cucumbers, some peas, some tomatoes, um, and a, and a couple of herbs. Really wonderful. Nice. John, I know you, you're a big gardener guy. You got it all going on? Yeah, going pretty good. We could use some more rain for sure. We had, yeah. about, three, we had about three inches so far. We could use some more, but yes, loving yeah. it. We had, we had that one bright spot with a little bit of rain that one day. It was a half a day. It was great. It was right after my tomatoes went in. So I was like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I said to Barbara, your goal today is to make somebody happy today. All right? We'll see you next week. God bless. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God.